Welcome to Scripture Snapshot. I'm Talitha Chadwick. This is a podcast giving brief thought to the Scriptures from the Scriptures to edify Christian women in contextual biblical conversations. And as you listen, my sincerest hope is that more conversations about the God of the Bible will come from the God who opens our eyes to see wondrous things from His Word. I'll be reading from God's Word, Psalm 39, verses 1 through 3, the New King James Version, under the header, Prayer for Wisdom and Forgiveness. To the Chief Musician, to Jedithan, a Psalm of David. Let's get into it. Psalm 39, verses 1 through 3, reads, I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred up. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. End quote. J.C. Ryle once wrote in part, Say nothing you would not like God to hear. There isn't a broad consensus in commentaries about a specific period in David's life that would give definitive conclusion to the nature, the regard in which he penned this psalm and addressed to Jedithan, one of the music leaders in service to David, to bring public worship of God to God's people inside the tabernacle. Some have commentated that persecution, sickness, or sin in his own life, or someone's death may have brought this wrestling of resolutions to lyrics. The Nelson Study Bible, 1997, expresses in part of the introduction under structure of the book of Psalms itself that each book, the five divisions, concludes with the doxology and affirmation of praise to God found in the last verse or two of the concluding psalm, end quote. As book one ends with Psalm 41, verses 12 and 13, it reads, As for me, you uphold my integrity and set me before your face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. End quote. So let's get into some praiseworthy principles to take into the new year that will honor God, that will continue to form holy habits in us, and give the gospel of Christ its due diligence before the believing and non-believing world. Psalm 39 verse 1 reads, I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. Christian woman, what musings, contemplative thoughts do you guard, avoid voicing to be victorious from within? We usually know, for the most part, in whom we're going to engage with, express ourselves verbally, have linguistic camaraderie, if you will. But do we take mental strivings, mental restraints, 
mental fortitudes to give glory to God when we're inwardly ablaze of our usual conversations. We Christians aren't without our wrestlings, tussling's, even stumblings, but the sin lies in our exhibition, our unguarded, our unfiltered, our unashamed mouthings before a sinful world. But the God-honoring prohibition lies in our unannounced, our unassuming, our unpretentious dialogue before an ever-listening world. Psalm 141 verses 3 and 4 under the heading prayer for safekeeping from wickedness reads set a guard O Lord over my mouth keep watch over the door of my lips do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity and do not let me eat of their delicacies End quote. Our mouths, as Christian women, prayerfully need our Heavenly Father's around-the-clock guardianship, His divine protection over and above the potential evil sway of our words, the wicked incentives that come with wicked cohorts, and the morsels of mischief that come with the mischievous. Verse 2 reads, I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred up. What a powerful and powerless thing it is to know a quiet and a quake of conflicting emotions, a grief that grieves the good you want to verbalize. Can Christians even imagine being a refreshed less spring? In Psalm 32, verse 4, under the header, The Joy of Forgiveness, David in contemplation says, For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. A waterless weight had become his plight when he kept silent. And can we imagine being a joyless jubilee? Our Savior says in John 4:14, 4, under the header, a Samaritan woman meets her Messiah, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And in verses 28 through 30, we have a beautiful picture of an internal and eternal vocal spring from her. The woman left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. A torrential torture had encompassed David's emotions. That figurative muzzle around his mouth became a tranquilizer, a numbing agent to his tongue. Over in Romans 7, verse 21, under the header, Freed from the Law, 
The Apostle Paul writes of the heaviness of sin that can still have its residuals on those saved in Christ. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. W. Williams wrote on Psalm 39 verse 2, Oh, that you could feel the sin of your reticence, willful speechlessness the criminality of sealed lips. A silent religion or a speaking religion, Christian professor, which shall it be? And in the same reference, Williams continues, the silent growth and secret development of character is most acceptable to God. Many Christians are yielding him greater praise by the silent yet mighty influence of a sanctified character than others who are loud, foolish in talk, yet less circumspect, wise in life. All growth is silent. The tree rises year by year without any noise." End quote. There is a balance for us, Christian women. We can choose vice or victory. Am I withholding, suppressing, known verbal goodness, gratitude, graciousness? Or am I withstanding, forward-facing, verbal assault in persecution, presumption, pressure? 1 Peter 2 verses 22 and 23 under the header, Submission to Masters, reads, Jesus, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. End quote. When we're apt to see the blessedness of Christ's resolve and restraint in speaking and in quiet, we can treasure his commitment and also his example. Verse 3 reads, My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. We are our own worst volcanic eruption, if not extinguished in an ongoing heavenly posture of prayer before the Lord. Who has ever mastered their mouth in any given situation if God wasn't their source and satisfaction of both silence and speech? Brooding has no privileges, but prayer does. Blame has no privileges, but prayer does. Whereas mad refuses to open its mouth, sanctification does. In Galatians 5, 16, under the header, Walking in the Spirit, it reads, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. End quote. There's a tussling between our flesh as Christians and the indwelling Holy Spirit. And one of the works, lusts, sins of the flesh are, outbursts of wrath. Anger will have its burst, whereas the Spirit's fruit 
will have its bounty. Galatians 5 verses 22 through 26. Sanctification in the Christian will have its trial and error, no doubt, even in our speech. But the Spirit will facilitate, aid us, flesh-crucifying awareness, determination, and Christ-exalting, communicative perseverance. And lastly, as I wrap up, Jeremiah 20 verse 9 reads under the header, Jeremiah's unpopular ministry, Then I said, I will not make mention of God, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. End quote. Ladies, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Help us to turn to you when we're inwardly ablaze, when our words will do more harm than good before a listening world, even in our homes. Help us to not restrain our mouths to your relevant and prevalent goodness in us and toward others. Help us convict us in knowing when we're being honorary or God-honoring. Help us to know that prayer is a reverential, unfiltered posture and place before you. 2 Samuel 22, verse 7. In the mighty name of Jesus and in the leading of the Holy Spirit, all glory to you, Father in heaven and on the earth, and in and through and with our lives in Christ. Amen. Question. Will we be Christian women that seek within the pages of Scripture to grow in the grace and knowledge of God, in the ministry of our emotions and our mouths? Tell me about it in the comments below. Have a Then I Spoke With My Tongue day.